What's up? Welcome to Tide Sessions, a podcast about water sports. I'm Mike and this is Mel. We're both super passionate about the water and together we co-founded a kite surfing school called Tide Water Sports. On this podcast, we're going to be chatting to athletes, founders and other rad people who also love being in, on or under the water. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we did. In today's episode, we chat to Zoe Ardaker. Zoe is a kite surfer and surfer, and she recently founded Stoke of Stigmas, a movement aiming to make water sports more inclusive for all. We chat about a journey learning kite surfing and surfing, a favorite memory on a wave, and where she wants to travel next. We also talk about the stigma she faced while surfing in Sri Lanka and how it inspired her to start Stoke of Stigmas. We loved catching up with Zoe, and we hope you'll enjoy it too. Hello, Zoe. How, How are, are you? Oh, we are very fine. I'm good. Mel, I'm good. Are you good now? Yes. Are you, are you good, Zoe? I'm good. Always good. Are Lovely. you in your van? I am. Yeah, welcome to my home. I love the fairy lights on the roof. Very but nice. I thought I'd make it scenic for you. That's, you know? a, that's a good touch. I like it. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Give us some background information about yourself. Yeah, so um, I grew up in a little town called Whitstable, which you guys are probably familiar with, um, but the rest of the world, I mean, now it's quite hipster. So actually, you know, quite a few people probably have heard of it, but definitely in the early 90s, it was not hipster at all. It's pretty grotty. Um, But I loved it. You know, it was by the sea. It was just um, my dad raised me. So um, it was just me, my dad and two absolute terror brothers that just caused havoc. and we kind of like we were quite a poor family actually so like going to the seaside and living by the sea I think was definitely like a big luxury for us because you know it was all we could afford it's free we could go down for the whole summer holidays or after school um, and just kind of chill out and enjoy passionate about in the sea and kind of getting outdoors and I think most of it was probably dad trying to like burn off some energy having three kids you know is like well I have three young kids I need to tire them out before bed <laughs> for sure. yeah we do that with River we just yeah. take her to the beach we're like run free and then she just runs to the to the sea she's been doing that a lot and she just gets in I'm like you cannot swim yet so yeah she we just get goes that in. you need yes. to let the kids burn off some energy yeah. so yeah yeah sure. exactly like tire us out you know and I think my whole childhood actually um so I lived in Whitstable until I was I don't know mid to late teens and I think most of it was definitely just all about getting us outdoor, burning off energy for the sake of like a quiet life for my dad. Um, not that I'm complaining. So he also got me into competitive gymnastics. So um, that was 40 hours a week training that oh, I wow. was out of the house um, in a pretty competitive field. You know, I did that from age three until I was 13 um you know nearly made it to olympic tryouts weren't weren't, oh, wow. weren't quite there stopped around then uh but yeah it was good fun it kept me entertained i think i always had quite a lot of energy and passion and i think the easiest way to get rid of that was kind of to throw me into all different sports and be like off you go go and go and explore that so yeah i was very privileged although we didn't have much he was always someone who was like um you know go and follow your dreams and go and try this and try anything and if you fail fail doesn't matter you know so I had a very enriched childhood on that sense and while you were growing up with your dad did you did you try any water sports uh no do you know what I didn't I'm a real late bloomer into water sports as you'll kind of find out as we go through this so other than your standard kid stuff you know like swimming around in the sea and just messing about pretending to be a dolphin and all sorts of weird stuff you do um I definitely never even knew a lot of these water sports existed because we didn't really go to beaches where there was like surfing that I know about now or I hadn't seen kite surfing I mean I don't think it was a big thing when we were kids right it hadn't quite hadn't quite started taking off yet but you know none of that even existed the most you'd see is maybe a jet ski that was like zooming around and you'd be like oh that's cool but it didn't really interest me because I've never been into like motors or mechanics or anything with an engine I've never been like oh cool try that it's just not been my thing um 
Mm. So yeah, mainly it was just, I was gymnastics mad, I was dance mad, I was swimming mad, um, anything that was competitive, I loved it. Um, but I kind of just went through childhood being a competitive, like, know it all really. I was the eldest and you know, it, it's true. You know, I'd bully <laughs> my younger brothers and kind of be like, yeah, but I compete in this, so I'm better, you know, and there was that real competitive household. Then when did you discover kite surfing? Uh, so I actually only just, so I'm 31 now. Yeah, I am 31 now. Um, and I discovered kiting when I was probably mid-20s. Um, I'd actually gone to Whitstable to go for a long walk along the seafront. And I hadn't been there for a good few years. I'd been away for a while. And walking along, I saw like these people out on the water. It's probably you, Mike, knowing you now. Um, <laughs> but there was like this, just these crazy people doing stuff out on the water on this kite. And I was like, you know what? That looks really cool. I've not done anything that pushed me out of my comfort zone for years. And I actually asked the guy in the shop in Whitstable at the time. I was like, how, how do people do that? You know? And he was like, oh, it takes about five lessons. It doesn't take long. Uh, you know, go, like you should give it a go. And I thought, oh, I'm quite, I'm quite broke, but you know what? I reckon I can make five lessons work. Well, obviously, years later, I realized how long it took me to learn to kite. But, you know, it was definitely yeah, mid-20s. And it took me a while before I took the plunge to actually take a lesson, I think. You learned, I mean, you learned, when was it? Was it a few years ago then? And so did you struggle with learning then? You felt like it was a bit tricky early on. Yeah, I definitely struggled. Like I had had a pretty sedentary life for, oh, since I was about, I don't know, I had lots of trauma in my late teens, which we don't need to go into because no one wants to hear about that. Um, but it did, like, I definitely became quite reclusive. I didn't really go out. I didn't do my sports anymore. Um, I gained a lot of weight, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, I ended up just kind of spending my late teens and early 20s actually just like going to work and then coming home and sitting on the sofa with some snacks and TV was my life. And that was about it. I even lost like the love for going outdoors and seeing nature. And I think it took until about my mid 20s to be like, OK, you know what? I need to change things here because I'm really unhealthy and like mind and body. Um, so I started just like walking and then, um, but it, it was a long time. So physically when I took kite surfing lessons, when I was, I think it was about four years ago. Now I started, um, I found it really physically demanding mainly, um, because even the walk out, you know, like it wouldn't necessarily be the kite surfing when you're bobbing about, you know, trying to do things for the hundredth time. It was more like setting up the kit and walk it out I found absolutely exhausting which sounds crazy now that I do it pretty much every day but you know like at the time my fitness levels had really suffered um so for me it took me a long time to adjust to something that is quite demanding on your whole body yeah it's a good point it's not really because a lot of people think, oh, it's, you need to be really like upper body strong or you need to this and that. But actually, it's more you just need to be generally fit and feel a bit strong. And all, you know, it's not necessarily the answer. It's the core. It's, yeah, I walking think the out. best thing for learning is be good at wading through water because you're going to have to walk <laughs> upwind quite a lot. Yeah. That's the reality <laughs> of learning kite surfing is you're going to have to walk upwind a lot because the kite drags you downwind. <laughs> You can't yeah. walk up wind and there's a when lot. you're learning, yeah, yeah, a fair bit of walking when uh, you're riding, of course, yeah, it's, it's lovely, problem, but... but yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And it was that it just really took its toll on me. Like, I could do once I started getting to grips of it, I could, like you say, ride off downwind, and then it would just be absolutely exhausting that walk back and then doing it again. And for like 20 seconds, I feel like an absolute rock star, and then it'd be very humbling walking back thinking, no, I'm still not fit. <laughs> I need to I need to work on this a bit so yeah I started adding in some other things along I, mean, I remember kind of some of it because I taught you uh, <laughs> as did. well as, as well as a lot of other instructors um and yeah I, I remember I remember you like doing really really well through through the lessons I know you said you struggled through some of it but I remember you really mm -hmm. took to the kite flying and uh, and the sort of theory aspect and, and everything else so yeah, I, th I think yeah. you've done really well. And then I would just be like, Mike, can you give me another demo? And in my head, I'd be thinking, I'm so knackered, just show me something for a minute, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And I'd be like, oh, I really need to see that again in my head thinking I'm just too embarrassed to be like, I'm so unfit right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it helped, you know, it got me yeah. to where I am today. So happy days. But yeah, like you say, I did have a lot of different instructors and you being one very early on in my journey. So, yeah. I was. Yeah. And I'm happy to be part of that journey, Zoe. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> So what's your favorite thing? Uh, so now, now of course, you can kite. You are now an instructor. Uh, so I you've am. got a good, you know, you've got a good understanding about the sport. So what, what's your favorite thing about the sport so far? You know what I love is, I think, like I said, coming from a really competitive background, I don't think you lose that. Like you may lose touch with it, but I don't think you lose that. And when I came back into like kiting, immediately I was like, I need to work out how to quit my job and make this my life. And then I kind of like set steps to kind of make that happen. Um, but I think it is just more, it tests me every single time I go out. Like even now, like you say, I've, I push to learn the sport and then I push to become an instructor and then I push to make it my life. And then you know, I've kind of still keep pushing and I go out now and like I tried a surfboard the other day for the first time and it just completely takes you back out of that comfort zone. And then, you know, or I try like an, a, something advanced that I've not tried and just becoming a learner again so quickly in the sport, it really keeps me on my toes. Um, I've definitely been someone throughout probably my whole life where boredom is like fatal. I hate getting bored. So if there's not something that I can change or try new things or keep it interesting, I think I'd lose, like lose the love for it very quickly. Whereas kiting, you know, it's like four years now and there have been some gaps in that, but you know, four years now and I love it more than what I did when I first started learning now. So, so it's doing well. It's, it's uh, keeping me on my toes. <laughs> Amazing. And there's so many um, different disciplines more than that. Cause you said, so you just tried directional and yeah yeah then there's foiling there's like kite racing there's yeah that's what's cool about kiting right kite surfing it's like I mean, kite boarding it's there's a lot of yeah, disciplines so within avenues. it yeah, yeah which is exciting you can't really get bored because there's so much to learn and try and get good at so yeah. tell us tell us about your experience with trying the surfboard for the first time with the kite oh my god i loved it like so it kind of happened by fluke so i was out kiting with my other half and um he was getting a bit frustrated as you do sometimes we've all been there um because obviously being on a surfboard you need a smaller kite and it just wasn't quite as windy as we thought and he was just getting really frustrated and I was like being a lovely girlfriend like I am I was like you know what you take my kite that is perfect for right now and you take my board you go let off some steam and I'll just play about with this surfboard I've kind of seen what you're doing and a couple of times I like skidded, I landed, I definitely ended up sitting on the board at one point trying to start. Um, I ended up like one footed, like doing all sorts of like karate looking moves, not looking as cool as I thought I would at all. And then all of a sudden I just like got up and then just rode and rode and rode. And I was like, oh my God, I'm surfing. Like, this is insane. I, I'm with a kite and a surfboard. And I just then I think having like the last few years spending a lot of time surfing, I then found it quite natural, like moving my feet a little bit and using the waves to kind of kind of turn me and adjust me. And um, there wasn't much wave. It was it was a pretty small day, um, but it was just nice feeling that flow. And I think what I liked is for me, that felt a lot more natural than like my feet being restricted into a board. Um, because, yeah, until kite surfing, I'd never been on any kind of board. I'd never skateboarded or, you know, anything like that. So having my feet kind of fixed in, I found quite bizarre. Um, and I think with the surfboard the other day, it just brought back that like feeling of complete freedom. Um, so yeah, I think I think there'll be lots more to come from me of of trying to master the directional board. <laughs> Watch your space. <laughs> well, it's one of the things that Mel, uh, when she first learned, um, when she came out to Cape, well, we went out to Cape Town. Yeah, as that was one of the first things that she was trying is uh, the directional. Well, I feel and like yeah. because you know we because I learned I learned kiteboarding and then maybe a few months later we moved to Cape Town. But the thing is, over there it's it's so many people do it because it's so wavy and like the perfect conditions mm. for it. So obviously there's loads of surfers, but yeah, it, when it comes to kiteboarding, everybody. I mean, I'd say fifty percent of the people are on 
directional boards. And yes, yeah, oh, wow. so I was like, you know what? I, I mean, I did the, lose my I did lose my board we as well. At. In other yes. spots, not so much. Yeah, but it was mm. it was so fun. It was a bit scary as well because the waves are huge. But you I was would probably say, you they're would pretty love big it. out there, huh? Like, yeah, but I felt you know, like some here were big and they weren't. They was just no, like, yeah, I was like, put, oh my god, compared to Cape Town. <laughs> but I think that's fun, and you really have to go because you'd love it. What I found really fun with it is, um, you basically spend your time like getting chased by waves and you get a huge rush of like you going out and then you see this huge wave coming for you so you just have to turn really fast and then ride the other way and I used to find it really funny like just like being like oh the wave is behind me and I'm like you know (laughs) trying not to fall off and and then going again and going behind the waves and yeah like you said the freedom is so nice like you feel lighter you feel well you are because you don't have straps so you just it's you the kite the board and this kind of weird magical balance of how you're staying on the like it's very strange isn't it but yeah I love it so when but you I, I do yeah do I love that that feeling of like I don't know I guess it sounds really hippie when you say this but you know like feeling completely connected to like what you're doing yeah. um and I think definitely like my twin tip I get in that zone anyway I you know I love it I'm out there I'm cheering myself on I'm making all sorts of weird noises you'll know when it's me on the water next to you because you'll think who is that weirdo cheering for? And I'm, I'm cheering for myself, you know, because um, I'm just like, whoa, that was awesome. Or I do something that I've tried and it just went a bit better. And I'm like, you know, shouting and screaming and just having the best time, really. Um, but I think with the surfboard, I definitely was like, oh, my God, like, Nate, like you say, like nature's chasing me and I've got I've got to like outrun it. And then you get really fast. And you're like, I'm going so fast. This is so cool. <laughs> Yeah, I, I get that. I loved it. I'd like to try in bigger waves if I can just work out how to keep it on my feet for long enough. What about the foil? Have you um, thought about trying foiling? I think I value my shins um, and my general skin too much at the moment. Um, I've just seen like the people that do it are crazy talented. I love watching them. I think, you know, there's lots of people around me that are trying it and new to it or you know pretty good at it and they're jumping and doing all sorts of tricks here but I just don't think it's for me yet like I genuinely think I really want to get good at freestyle like people say like freestyle is kind of dead and it's all big air now and stuff but actually I really like you know the twists and turns and the movement of the body and stuff so for me at the moment there's always that next big thing there's winging there's foiling there's racing there's but actually I just kind of want to take it back to basics a bit you know and kind of look at those disciplines of what looked really cool like probably 10 years ago when people started doing some of these tricks and I kind of want to go back and kind of learn those and you know throw myself around a little bit I'm not so much of a height girl I'm more of a twisty girl <laughs> yeah I agree I'm the same freestyle I mean, free but... is definitely not dead no I think it's coming back yeah I love freestyle I, yeah we'll bring it back <laughs> yeah let's bring it back yeah um, and big air is really fun as well depends so, on the conditions sorry if you are worried about your shins, you can just wear shin guards. It's fine. I actually taught someone recently that bought shin guards to his lesson. Shout oh, out! Really? Shout out to Steve. Um, yeah. And yeah, he, he wore some socks over his wetsuit with shin guards, and uh, he he was worried about you know damaging his shins on the board, and he yeah. he, he didn't mind. He went out there with his shin guards. I mean, I think you're, I mean, you may remember from our lessons way back, but I generally managed to get myself in accidents. If there's an accident to be had, I managed to find it. <laughs> so I feel like foiling for me is just, just a little step too far out of my comfort zone at the moment. Um, so I'm going to enjoy watching everyone else progress in it and uh, just sit back and, and work on my own things, I think. It's a good choice. I agree though. I think it's nice to get quite good at each, you know, there's no point rushing through them. It's nice to get good at, you know, get good at three star, enjoy like a bit of directional. And then once you, yeah, once you start getting bored, you can go on to the next thing. Yeah, exactly. There's no hurry. I see this being a part of my life for a very long time. So, you know what, by the time I start foiling, there'll be like, I can probably just program it into a machine and it'll just lift me up and off I go. And, you know, there'll be no risk and I'll be fine. (laughs) Well, you've already got those. It's an e-foil, you know, just stand on it, press a button and off you go. Oh yeah, there's someone with them here, but they're super expensive, eh? Like yeah, you're looking. Yeah, I think I'm a bit out. Eleven, eleven k, around there. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. much. Bit pricey. 
A little bit pricey. Yeah. Maybe I'll sell my van and get one. <laughs> never. Never sell your van, Zoe. <laughs> so have you got a favourite place that you've kited at? What is your favourite place to kite? Oh, you know what? I think... I think I'm yet to find like my favorite place. I'm, um, we've got some really exciting plans coming up, which mean I'm going to get to kite in a lot of different places, which is really exciting. Um, but my favorite so far, so I was at a pretty beginner stage when I went there, but I went to this amazing place in Costa Rica and it was just like, I don't think I appreciated then how good the spot was because being fairly new to the sport, I didn't quite understand how great the conditions were. But, you know, it was your prime, like, flat kind of lagoony type spots um lovely thermal winds in the afternoon that are really consistent you know we're talking like 30 30 miles per hour um and just beautiful so much space and not crowded like I love spots that aren't crowded mm. um you know like I spend a majority of my time at Canva which as we all know is incredibly uh, crowded sometimes um most of the time in the summer so yeah I don't think I have a favorite spot. I've kited in probably only maybe 10 spots, actually. I've not kited all over the world or anything. I've surfed more than I've kited. Um, but I think for me, there's more favorite time of year. You know, like I love it when it gets to October, November and all the fair weather kiters have vanished and I'm there in my in my neoprene, you know, having the best Winter. time. There's only three people out there. Yeah, exactly. That's That's when I thrive. I'm like, you know what, I feel really battered by the elements and it's freezing and I can't feel my fingers and, you know, because I still won't wear gloves or boots because I just like feeling my board and, you know, I'm, I'm out there just, you know, pushing my way through it and everyone else is like, you're crazy. And I'm like, this is when I come alive. You know what? You think I'm crazy that I'm out there? It probably means I'm in my element. Winter is the best. <laughs> I love winter and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you're know. always yeah. like jumping crazy heights in winter. <laughs> it's because yeah. it's always really windy in winter. That's why I love it so much. <laughs> really fun. I think I like it, but it's kind of in the summer. I think about winter. I'm like, oh, I miss, I miss the crazy winds and stuff. But then in the winter, I think, oh, I miss the days of being able to change outside the van without freezing your ass off and, you know, filling your fingers and all these things and the sunsets. And so I, I, I like both, to be fair. Yeah, you know, light wind, summer. It I like how nice. extreme it is in the winter. Like you yeah. said, Zoe, I'm the same. I don't like wearing boots and gloves because I can't feel the bar and I can't feel the board and it, I don't like it. But then yeah. what I like about kiting in the winter, especially where we are in Margate, is, um, yeah, like think people think we're crazy, which, you know, when you're a bit crazy, you like when people think you're crazy. So like, yeah, we're going out now. Well, but it's like 10 degrees. I think, I know. And the water's even colder, you know. We're, we're out there doing crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. I really like that raw exposure, you know, just, yeah, it makes me come alive. It's genuinely probably what I live for is those moments when you're like, yeah, not many people would have done that. I like that. Is there anywhere that you really want to go kite at? You know what? I've not really been to like flat water spots. You know, like people talk about these amazing, you know, lagoon areas. And now that I'm a bit more advanced and I've been working on some freestyle stuff, I'd probably quite like, I mean, I'm open to recommendations. So yeah, let me know. Um, but just some really good flat water spots where I can just, you know, mess about in, in the sunshine. I'd like to kite without a wetsuit. So as much as I've said, you know, I love the winter and stuff in the UK, it's just because it's not crowded. Um, so I'd love to go somewhere where it's not so crowded. I mean, I'm just like creating a fictional place, I think, these days because the sport has become so popular. But, you know, if there is anywhere that remains that is not so crowded, is nice and flat, it's not got to be shallow, but just flat. And where I can just kind of spend probably a few months and just really work on, you know, what I'm working on. I've got some some goals of things I've got some little trick books that are folded you know the pages folded over of things I want to kind of master because you know I still have paper books and stuff I'm not quite you know all digital um and yeah one day I want to you know write a big smiley face on it and be like yeah I've mastered that and hopefully somewhere where there's not five mil neoprene needed you know maybe there's one mil just for the sunburn yeah would be quite nice <laughs> what are you thinking Mike Brazil Brazil 
I was thinking somewhere more closer to home for a flat water spot if you want one. Uh, you know, your hometown of Whitstable oh, has yeah. a lovely flat water spot called yeah. The Street. You know, that's lovely. Bash or Pegwell Bay. Oh. Or if you want to go somewhere warmer, uh, Brazil is always good for flat water lagoons. I um, thought Brazil was really wavy. Maybe that's just my ignorance now. Um, so all the way along um, a lot of the coast, there's lagoons uh, all the way along, you know, there's so many different ones and you, you can just like oh, rent cool. out buggies and stuff like that and or four by fours drive down and you can find secluded lagoons all the way along there and it's Ooh. warm good good wind or one of my favorite flat water spots is uh cape hatteras in north carolina okay very very cool yeah. place yeah not heard of that one yeah ah. but like i say it sounds awful doesn't it because you know i'm now an instructor and stuff but i think my kiting exposure worldwide is quite narrow. So in the UK, I've done a lot at worldwide. You know, that's that's on the list to be conquered next. That's to come. Yeah. yeah next time you ask me, I'll be like, oh, there's this really cool spot here, here, and here. And you'll be like, I've <laughs> never heard of them, Zoe. What are you on about? <laughs> <laughs> if you if you find a secluded one, you can share it with us. But not on the podcast. Because we don't <laughs> want everybody to know about it. I'll just send you a text to that one. Yeah. <laughs> So now we're moving on to surfing because you've told us that you surf as well. I do, so yeah. Tell us about that. And when you started, how did you discover it? Yeah, so again, you know, I am just a late bloomer to all of this, really, in the sense of like, you know, it's much easier to learn when you're younger, and like carefree and stuff. But yeah, I took my first surf. So actually, when I lost like a lot of weight, you know, a hell of a lot of weight, actually, nearly five stone which is about 35 40 kilos for those of you that do kilos basically a whole small person um my kind of goal was once I got to a certain weight I had never worn a wetsuit because it put the fear of god into me like the thought of having to get myself into a wetsuit so I decided to um go to Nuki of course because where else would you surf in the UK but Nuki um and signed up for a surfing weekend and I was absolutely awful you know what I thought this is not the sport for me Uh, we had to carry these massive foamy boards over all these massive sand dunes and again the fitness I was like hold on I thought kiting I had to be fit like wait a second this is a whole new ball game and yeah I just ended up I, I didn't get up. I couldn't push myself up. I didn't have the upper body strength to even do a pop-up. Um, and I was just like, I, I need to walk away from this. Like, this is embarrassing. And then it was about two years later that um, I met my other half. And he was massively into surfing. So he learned to surf in Sri Lanka. He's well-traveled with surfing. And he's really bloody good, actually. It's really annoying, you know, like... I watch him and I think, why can't I do that? He makes it look easy. So I thought, you know what? We had a bit of a pact. If he learned kite surfing, I would learn surfing. And uh, yeah, we decided actually we'd only known each other two weeks. And we went down to Cornwall and did a bit of a drive around and just hired a foamy board. And I just practiced on my own. I didn't kind of have lessons. I just thought I need time to just not feel like anyone was watching me and just get used to this sport. Um had a bit of a laugh got up on my feet a couple of times and felt like you know the adrenaline of oh my god I'm standing up this is so cool um and then we booked surf holidays and then like one thing led to another and then we spent six weeks in Sri Lanka and I didn't take a single kite because I do cheat on kite surfing actually with uh surfing quite a lot but don't tell everyone just 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 your listeners no one else um (laughs) and yeah we literally spent six weeks just with a really good surf hostel um in lockdown we were locked down in Lisbon I didn't even know you could surf in Lisbon actually I spent a month surfing there so every other day the only time you was allowed out of your apartment was for exercise and because surf lessons were exercise we were allowed to go and legally surf so like every other day we had a surf lesson in Lisbon and like I just advanced really well um and now it's just a massive part of my life I absolutely love it um any opportunity like my surfboard even though I live nowhere near a coastline with good waves I have it in the van at all times and I'm constantly checking the forecast and I'm like is there wind no is there waves (laughs) you know (laughs) and we're just always like 
what opportunity can we get to go surfing we just both absolutely love the freedom of just a board and just going out there yeah it is amazing for that just to have a board i mean i think we had we had quite a difficult sort of learning experience with surfing as well well probably not mel i think mel got on with it quite well but me I, yeah i really struggled with it's because my, you're tall we've talked about it it's because you're a tall person <laughs> so it's actually quite hard oh, to yeah, I remember mike cooch said that he has the same problem because yeah. he's tall yeah. so yeah that, i mean that he had because no he's amazing yeah he's yeah he's you know, amazing he doesn't surfer. blame it on his height <laughs> <laughs> and also he's an amputee so he's like the most am- he's like on top yeah, like, of like the amazingness yeah. um yeah but it's like we had that fortunate day at Just Say, didn't we, Mike? Where oh, that like, was so good. That was such a good. Sorry, Mel. I know you missed it. Um, really nice words. When was that? I'm not happy uh, that I didn't know about it. Was, oh, you knew Jan- about that. It was Jan- it was start this year, wasn't was it? Was yeah. January this year. No, oh, no, I wasn't pregnant. No, no wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, was nice. What did I miss out? Was it amazing? Well, Zoe was there, Steve was there, um, a few others. Were the waves really good then? The waves were good. They were they yeah. were not massive, but they were like two to three, they were consistent, maybe. Weren't they? Nice they little were... waves. That's great. Perfect for a bit of longboarding action. Mm. I got a couple yeah. of nice long runs. Steve, Steve was slicing it up on his little short board as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, it's I, embarrassing, isn't it? I was like, I need about a ten foot board here to get going. I'm and the then same. Steve's there on his little short board, like putting us all to shame. I don't even but... know how he paddles that thing. <laughs> my, my arms would fall it's... off. <laughs> but maybe it's because he's half your height, Mike. Maybe it's that, right? Yeah, let's say that. <laughs> let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we all we all had a really good time and that kind of started our little road trip and then yeah, we went to Wales, actually, I think. Some of my best, um, like, UK-based surfs have definitely been in Wales, I think. I love Wales for surfing. I would be there every opportunity if I could. Maybe Where, whereabouts in Wales there. did you go to? Um, so we actually went to Caswell. I was still fairly beginner at that point, so it had to be kind of sheltered spots where I wasn't going to get absolutely destroyed. Um and yeah, Caswell just the weekend we got there it didn't show much on the forecast and we were like, Oh, I don't know how this is gonna go and spoke to the surf school there and they were like, Oh, I don't know if there's gonna be much and just out of nowhere there was like four foot for the whole weekend. It was like we were so spoiled. It was like four degrees. We were in so much neoprene, it was absolutely freezing. But there was just these four foot waves and there was like six of us on the water. Oh, and we wow. had that for the whole weekend and they just rolled in so consistently from like mid to almost high tide it just rolled in so beautifully and like just rode so many and it just really built my confidence um and then yeah went out to Sri Lanka and that was a whole different ball game I thought I was a good surfer till I got to there <laughs> so what what was different about the waves there you know what just the speed of them I think and yeah. even the size of them like here four foot to me was massive now that's going to sound a bit crazy to people that can surf really well but you know four foot to me I was like oh my god this is the biggest wave I've ever rode in my life and then went out to Sri Lanka and we're on this beach break and it's just like my surf instructor's like come on Zoe paddle out and I'm looking thinking you want me to paddle into that and there's just this wall coming towards me and it was like double overhead and I was like I can't surf that and he's like yeah you can when you get out back you'll be fine you know and I think that's the crazy thing with instructors right is you put all your faith in them you go you know what they know I can do this so I'm gonna do it um and I went out and I got munched up so many times but I eventually you know after a couple of weeks of really trying in different conditions I managed to you know ride some really big waves really well and I was like I'm a surfer Nice. <laughs> yeah. but, I think yeah. we were in the so, same position out in uh, South Africa. Yeah. A lot of the ways there were ginormous, and we were just like starting out. And me and Mel paddled out into some monsters, and we thought the same thing. If we if we can just get out the back, yeah, maybe we can no. just catch one of these. No, but no, same <laughs> no. thing. You just get munched in like a white out set, and that's it. You can't paddle yeah. out because you haven't got any more energy. Yeah, <laughs> take over. But yeah. I feel like surfing is a lot is a lot of confidence. It's it's a confidence thing as well, more than kiting, because it's like you have to, you know, believe you can do it and go out there and then commit 
and like be confident that you're gonna do it and you're gonna ride the wave and like it's a lot of it's a mental game as much as a physical one i reckon i think you've got to be really good at paddling <laughs> because you've got to do yeah, a lot that, of paddling yeah gotta be really and you know fit. what <laughs> i was on like this hard board and you know that's fine but it, was, it wasn't short you know it was i don't know i think about seven foot and you know i'm paddling out and you couldn't duck dive that so i'm turtle rolling right and these sets are coming in and i think at one point i had to do 12 turtle rolls just to get out the back and i got out the back and i just sat there and he was like go zoe go and i was like you need to give me 10 minutes here <laughs> like, I would have taken there, at like, least half an hour <laughs> I was like, I'm not risking catching a wave. I know I might not get because I'm not doing that again. (laughs) This is a one wave wonder here. (laughs) Once I catch a wave, I am not coming back. So say ciao to me because I'm gone. (laughs) (laughs) What's been your best moment on a wave? Oh, I mean, I think there's, there's probably loads I could go on about forever because I have just been very fortunate to share some really lovely waves. Um, so you have to choose one yeah I know (laughs) okay okay favorite moment I think would have to be um, it was my first ever reef spot so I'd only ever played on beach breaks and when I was out in Sri Lanka I finally made it up the hierarchy to be able to venture to a reef like they test you all week and when they think you're ready they move you to a different board and you wake up and you're like oh I'm on the advanced board that's exciting um and I was kind of really nervous, right? I'm someone who gets very anxious. And they were like, oh, we're going to this place called Fisherman's. It's one consistent wave every like three minutes. And I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds good. And then we get there and they didn't tell me there's an 800 meter paddle out. 800 meters, like I kid you not. And I was like, oh, like I'm fitter than I was, but 800 meters, like, I'm going to have no shoulders left. Um, and then we get out so I ended up actually Steve my other half came and I like put my leash around like his leash and he like did the gentlemanly thing he of helping me paddle out he That's told so nice. me yeah he told me for a little bit um, mainly because he knows I was just like I can't do this kind of really doubted myself and he was like she's gonna go on that reef whether she likes it or not um, and yeah finally got out there and it was so crowded there was about like no exaggeration about 45 people for this one wave you know Mm. and I'm kind of there and my surf instructor eventually like was my turn and he was like okay go for it and I got this wave and just focused on me and was like right just stand up they've told you and this wave you can ride for maybe almost the 800 meters that you've paddled right so you can just go and go and go and I got up and I was riding and then I managed to kind of catch some speed again and just as I slowed down I managed to pump it a bit and kind of get some more speed and then I noticed a guy dropped in on me and I was like furious you know until I looked and it was actually my Steve and then (laughs) so it meant like (laughs) yeah so it just ended up being me and him about a meter apart and we rode for about four or five hundred meters together and then he bailed to let me have like my finale moment before the wave finished of just riding it alone and then I kind of looked back and everyone from the surf school we'd been with for a month, they were just all cheering and like, yeah, definitely just one of my favourite moments that like makes my heart really happy. That sounds like a great moment. Yeah, I love party waves. That makes me very happy too, to hear mm-hmm. that. Thanks for sharing with us, Zoe. Oh, anytime, you know me. Your progression since you started, I mean, how how, how do you think you've progressed with surfing? Yeah, I think... I've definitely, I think like anyone, right, we're really critical of ourselves and I am probably a bit worse than than most for really putting myself down and not believing in myself. And when I have a bad day, you wouldn't think I've ever progressed at all, right? You know, like you go out and maybe you don't catch as many waves as you hoped or you don't like, I don't know, you don't paddle as well or you get tired quick or whatever it may be. I'm the first to kind of get in my head and be like, oh, you're rubbish. Why are you even trying this? You're still so unfit and kind of get in a really bad mindset. Um, So, yeah, I think I've kind of like actually come really far when I think some of the waves I've rode and 
even I've tried all different boards now I've tried short boards I've tried long boards I definitely prefer long boards I just again it's that flowy thing I'm not like a quick jump up and ride the face of the waves I'm you know I, I want to like take my time and enjoy it and I hope that I can explore longboarding more moving forward because I think that's more where my heart would kind of really enjoy the sport um but I completely appreciate shortboarding because I've tried it and it's so hard um so yeah progression wise I have come along massively like if you ask me I have come along massively um you know I've tried a variety of spots a variety of um styles a variety of boards variety of conditions all these things that just make you a well-rounded kind of surfer um would I class myself as a surfer I don't feel like I do it enough I am a surfer because I can ride a surfboard right um and that's ultimately what a surfer is um but I just feel like surfing takes so much commitment to really progress and I would love to be better and if I get the time I definitely want to spend maybe a year out and just be somewhere where I can just surf and really work on that and see see where that can take me you know that that progress in like a condensed amount of time from the sounds of it from your last story you have progressed better than me <laughs> but um, I mean, to, I, mean to your height. I don't think it's that I mean I think it's li- living in places like we do where we don't get consistent waves uh we have to travel and stuff like that so yeah I think for that i think if we all of us lived in like an ideal surfing location like indonesia or california or or, yeah something Mm. like that then yeah we'd progress super quick because you know you can can do it over and over again Mm. um on on a wave that you know but you know around here the waves are just so infrequent that you you don't really get to progress so in that in that respect i think you've progressed massively definitely yeah but don't you think that's a bit like why we have quite a lot of good kite surfers in this part you know like because actually wind is something we do have more consistently than a lot of the uk which is very fortunate um so therefore like i feel like here because there's not that option to surf i'm sure loads of us love surfing and would do it in our spare time too but because there's never the waves we kind of stick to kiting and then have kind of made that our passion i think because you know you can actually advance and put time into it because the conditions are there yeah, I think I think it's also the thing where, like you said, a lot of people, like we've noticed doing the podcast as well, like when we meet people, even if they do different water sports, we all have passion. We usually do a lot of other water sports, like we love free mm-hmm. diving, but obviously we can't do it here. But whenever we travel somewhere else, we do it. It's like when you love water sports, you have to take, chen- like, you know, just into consideration where you are and do whatever works for that place and then you just progress and you know different pace and different sports but it's exciting isn't it like then you travel somewhere like if you go to brazil you can do some freestyle and then you can go on the coast and do soft surfing and can go up to mexico and do free diving and scuba diving like you can just travel the world and do all the water sports basically yeah and i think you're right you become like a bit of a like certain breed where just anything water you're like i'll give it a go because you just want that same adrenaline and that same kind of feeling that you get of any of the sports i think they all offer that um which makes them so addictive i think so is there a place or a wave that you would like to visit i think just like longboarding spots so actually i'm going out to morocco for eight weeks um in nine weeks time not that i'm counting um so (laughs) yeah I'm gonna go out to Morocco and I've heard some really good things about different waves and different spots there so yeah I'm definitely I'm taking my surfboard with me I'm not taking my kites I'm gonna have six weeks off of kiting Um, I know I know I'm not going down to Dagda or anywhere just one little kite just take one little kite well I think I can always hire a kite if I really need right (laughs) um so yeah but my surfboard I definitely want kind of pinned to my side and it will it will mainly focus around that so yeah I'm really excited there's um a few really good longboarding spots there so I'm hoping to kind of really try that and try and find these instagrammable waves that people keep posting and taunting me with that I hope are actually real and it's not just you know where they're gonna then post a clip and there's like the real wave doesn't exist or it's miles out and you can't get to it or you know i just really hope it's it's not fake and there's instagram versus reality (laughs) yeah we all know it right (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i'm hoping it's not just 
someone with a washing up bowl recreating a wave like look at this amazing wave <laughs> no i've, I've yeah. seen very it's good things from that place yeah. yeah yeah it's meant to be really good yeah so i think i think that's going to be the next well it will be the next place it's all booked. Amazing. So the next part we're going to talk about, which I'm excited about, is uh, Stoke Over Stigmas. Ah, exciting. Yeah. So tell us a bit about that. Um, so yeah, Stoke was born uh, when I was out in Sri Lanka, actually. So it's kind of simmered away over the last few years, but I've not really known how to kind of form it into anything or what it was you know there's just kind of this idea that you have and you kind of get a bit carried away at some point and for me that was Sri Lanka it was the kind of accelerator into creating it so when I was in Sri Lanka I came up with Stoke Over Stigmas um, because actually I personally faced a lot of kind of discrimination and a lot of um, different attitudes to myself being in water sports um, I'm not your traditional surfer girl as in, you know, that you'd find on a, on a magazine with the perfect toned bronze body and things like this, that the industries quite often promote. Um, so I think actually all schools, but two that I've been to now, I've been to like 10 different surf schools now and all of them kind of, there's been not always like direct to my face comments. Sri Lanka was definitely, they were the bluntest. They were directly to your face um but um yeah there's been lots of comments like oh like make sure she gets a really big board because she's a big girl or you know there was a surf photographer in Sri Lanka um I won't name him because I'm you know I'm not that way um but he was a right idiot basically and he was taking photos of some of the sessions and on my photos he like purposely kind of like zoomed in on my belly when I was surfing or you know like the bits that just what about my skill level you know what I was riding that wave nice why you've captured you know my role in my bikini I don't know why you felt the need to capture that um and then he was kind of like really laughing about it and just like he found it quite entertaining that I was surfing and I had this you know body type that clearly he didn't feel matched the industry um and it kind of just stimulated me to be like you know what I wonder it can't just be me who's felt like this like for whatever reason I'm not saying always size like mine is around size and weight loss um but I know plenty of people who have been excluded for a whole number of reasons you know whether that's like gender or ability or confidence or mental health or all the different things that surround us um and I kind of like did a bit of an Instagram rant actually and was just like I'm really sick of this and like had a big old rant to get it off my chest because what else do you do but you know turn to the internet to have a rant and um yeah at that point like honestly like within a couple of hours about 50 different people had inboxed me and been like oh sorry it's probably dm to the to the cool kids right um but they had just like messaged me and been like oh my god when I learned export, I was told this, or I wanted to learn this, but I didn't feel confident enough because I've seen this, or my friend told me this story about when she was treated like this. Um, and it wasn't just women, there was guys too, you know, that have experienced different discriminations about their ability. And I just thought, hold on a second, like something has got to change here. Like we're in the modern world where everybody should be able to access these things. They make us all feel good. Why the hell should that be limited for someone else? Um, so yeah, I reached out to friends and I created like a little Instagram and then Mel, thank you, obviously helped me create like the website behind it. And I just thought, you know what, let's go with this idea. Now feels like the right time. And, and yeah, it was born. And I kind of went from there. So you said you haven't done much with it recently. Mm. But do you intend to go further with it in the future? And what do you intend to do with it? Yeah, so like everyone, it's something I'm so, so passionate about. But we all have jobs that have to pay our bills, right? So, you know, um, that's taken up a lot of my time this summer. Um, being in the tourism industry, you don't get much of a break when uh, the summer is the busiest time. Um, so, you know, at the at the start of the season, you know, I came back from Sri Lanka with all these ideas of, 
you know I want to be able to recommend schools but not just because they kind of look good from their Instagram or they look like they have a cool website I wanted it to be genuine where other people had fed back and said Zoe I went to this school and felt amazing because they helped me with this or I had this really good experience here because they treated me like this um, and I kind of wanted to create a database of all these places um, starting in the UK but also spreading it worldwide of like trusted schools that you whether you were feeling a bit anxious because it was your first time or whether you were wanting to advance or whatever it may have been just schools that with complete confidence you could be like that's the school I want to go to because I know I'm not going to face any kind of discrimination they're just going to teach me which is what it should be about like it sounds ridiculous because it shouldn't even be an issue right but yeah there is this massive issue um and then I kind of from that I wanted to do like meetups because I thought you know quite a social person it would just be cool to meet loads of other people that no matter their level or ability it'd just be cool to all hang out and do things we love you know a lot of people are isolated I think water sports you know kite surfing or surfing or you might have a couple of friends that you're like oh I see you on the water but actually they're still quite isolated in the sense of you're kind of riding your wave on your own or you're you know when you're kite surfing you're on your own tack or you're you know you're not really there for anyone else you're there for yourself um so I kind of thought it'd be cool to bring the two elements together and have like groups of people meeting because they wanted to go out but then also you know hang out afterwards and you know have a barbecue on the beach or watch the sunset or you know just bring people together again because I feel like with busy lives now we've kind of lost those communities where you know you might have a couple of friends you do it with but other than that it's a very like close click and you don't always you know reach an olive branch out to someone else who's also out there on the water like oh do you want to you know share a hot dog or something you know like you just don't you're just like oh good session yeah cool see you later you know um so yeah I had like really big plans for what I wanted it to achieve this year uh needless to say work took over my life um so I'm now kind of finding some traction with it again and I want to get that going um I've realized I've just got to start small right I mean I would love to do a thousand things with it I would but I can't do a thousand things at once. I'm really impatient. I can't do it at once. So, um, so yeah, I'm just going to start. I'm going to have my first meetup, actually. So anyone's welcome that wants to come along. Um, but I'm going to have my first meetup just for like a sunset dip and just, you know, it's not got to be a beer. You can drink whatever you like, but let's all just chat about what we love a bit like, you know, this podcast, let's chat about the connection with the water and why we love it and why we love the sport and what it brings to our lives. And, Let's just enjoy being around the same kind of people that also have that passion. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that, and I'm gonna keep the website does have trusted schools on it. Um, I've just got to make that live. So I've still been working on the background. I've just finally I kind of got everyone's permissions, and um, there's some really good schools on there that I'm really happy to kind of promote to people because actually it does come from real experiences. So um, just keep building that with people's recommendations and. What a shame I might have to go around and sample them all and you know make Too sure hard. that everyone's having a good time <laughs> so so um, where is the meetup gonna be um so I'm thinking it will be in the southeast now um just gotta keep an eye so a couple of weeks away I'm thinking mid-September and more details I'll have released on like my Instagram and all the usual things um so I think probably down in Canberra because the sunsets this time of year are absolutely insane um so I think before we lose those daylight hours for good because it's definitely happening um we'll kind of make the most of the evenings and I'm going to arrange one for down here where there's lots of space to kind of relax and um yeah have a good swim and you know if the wind's there then let's all kite together and have fun with it too um but let's just get some cool people together we'll definitely come down if we can yeah, if I'm not working, or if we're not working, if, yeah, because if it's windy, you know where we'll be. Teaching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel you. When there's windy, what? You you mean time off? <laughs> oh, no, there's no time off. <laughs> no, but hopefully, I mean, I kind of like the idea of it not being a windy day because a lot of people that I would love to see there are massively tied to the industry and will be working if it's windy. So it would be really cool. Um, I know a couple of people that are really 
into yoga and a couple of yoga instructors and kind of inviting them along so we can have like a bit of a stretch on the beach and unwind and you know just have a really relaxing time and just enjoy each other's company because you know all good ideas have got to start somewhere so I'm going to start there we will definitely come if it's yeah. not windy bring river along <laughs> she can do some baby yoga oh yeah, yeah. we'll get the paddle board out actually it's good that yeah. you're talking about yoga because I think I've talked about this on the podcast but I will talk about it again um, I really do want people to start stretching more before kiteboarding. Have you noticed how before surfing, a lot of people will stretch <laughs> and do some yoga? Like there's a proper surf yoga culture. But then with kiteboarding, it's the same thing. You should be stretching. You should be doing that same kind of, I don't know. I just feel like we should be doing more yoga. I love yoga as well. I know it's not a water sports, but it's a great yeah. compliment to what we do. Like for And you yet, know. you know, kiting does like you have like knee injuries and you know back injuries and all this and actually probably quite a few of them could be avoided if we stretched well right but mm. we don't we just go oh it's windy and like pumping up your kite feels like a workout so yeah I think for most of us we're like especially if it's a big kite day you know you're like oh but nine psi on a 14 meter kite I'm exhausted <laughs> that's enough stretching for me yeah but that hurts <laughs> that hurts the back that hurts my back. I've actually pulled my back pumping my kite once no way yeah I was I was so like ready to get out for the session i was like furiously pumping this kite and then all of a sudden i'm like pulling the pump up and i've just my back's just twinged oh god <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't good it wasn't good no so don't do that stretch first kids stretch yeah first. stretch before you pump your kite mainly because it's <laughs> intensive it is. can you create some kind of workout video for us by of like involving like, you were talking Mel, about do me doing Mel's, one yeah? Mel's gonna do that, like yeah. a yoga for kite surfers that would be so cool but i am i mean now i'm doing a lot of yoga, hot yoga and mm. i'm making friends with the instructors and soon enough i will be like you you've got to come and kite surf and then you got to teach a yoga for kite surfing or i don't know i'm gonna do a, a mix i feel like i'm bringing them in yeah so definitely like one of my best friends is working on something quite exciting in like the fitness world and I said to her like I was like you need to create like some kind of program you know and she was talking about um all the different things that she'll be creating and I was like I need to try and poach her for the same kind of thing like come on create something for us lot that don't do anything other than quickly pump up our kite and run out into the water <laughs> yeah I need that and then I won't pull my back when I'm pumping my kite yeah, we can keep you fit and healthy for years to come, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. Awesome. <laughs> so one question that we'd love to ask everyone on the podcast is, is there any water sport that you would like to try? Oh, I mean, you mentioned you guys do it, and I didn't actually know that, um, but I would love to get into free diving, you know. Um, I've never tried it. I'm not sure how I feel about I'm really rubbish at holding my breath. Like I even try in the swimming pool, like swimming from one end to the other and holding my breath to see if I can make it like a kid. And I can't. I'm so bad at holding my breath. So I think for me, free diving, because it adds that element of like having to kind of learn new breathing techniques and um just being able to kind of swim under and see all this cool wildlife and like some of the spots we're gonna be going to will have amazing wildlife to see under the water um, and like different coral and I mean we won't get into global warming but hopefully there's some left for me to see um, and I just yeah want to feel that connection under the water I spend a lot of time on top of the water so yeah I think for me that's the next big thing free diving I want to see what it's all about any tips yeah we'll go to Corsica oh. together Corsica is a really nice place to do it because it's warm okay. and the water is clear and um yeah a good tip is just you know get a snorkel get a decent mask you, you know it's not going to fog up um if, if you can get a free diving lesson uh by one of the qualified um but it's like a what like the paddy that sort of thing there's a there's a free diving one if you can get yeah. a course or something like that then that's mm. that's a good way to go because when or, I was out in Sri Lanka, they let you like snorkel with sea turtles, like wild, not, you know, there was no, there was no luring them in. It was just where they feed and like no touching, no touching the ground, protecting the sea kelp and stuff. Um, but it was amazing. I was just swimming and like, I was too scared to dive under because I can't hold my breath. But, you know, on, on the surface of the water, I was like, this is really cool. And I was watching my guide like dive down, like 
these meters and you know having a closer look at them feeding and stuff and I was like oh my god I wish I could like dive but also like does anyone else just float I mean like I really struggle maybe it's because you know I still have quite a few fat cells and I'm sure there is actually some kind of science to that but you know like I really struggle to sink you know like I have to actively really force myself under the water <laughs> well that's when you get a um a diver's belt so you get a, a belt with weights attached to it and oh, de depending okay. on your your size then you you put like certain amount of uh, weights around your belt so that when you do go into the water obviously you don't want to sink straight to the bottom but nice <laughs> nice and gently um so yeah with with, with that uh, you, you should be able to like glide down quite effortlessly. But what when you want to come back up? You swim up. It's not, oh. it's, yeah. It, you don't necessarily need it. Um, you don't need me it. in my you head, like, it. thinking yeah. I'm just sinking to the bottom tragically with all these weights and I can't get back up. A good, a good way to really do dramatic. it is with, with an instructor and, and you've got like a line coming from the surface down down to the bottom so that, you know, if you do panic at any point, you can just pull yourself back up on the line. Oh, so that's okay. a good way of doing it. Yeah. Not that I've ever done that myself. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you're talking about it. Like, I don't know. We have never done a course like that. We love doing it because I've done it ever since I was a kid in Corsica. And, mm. but we're doing it very, um, you know, cowboy style. Cowboy, very cowboy. cowboy style. But we, but at we one of our last podcasts with uh, Charlie, um, you should definitely give that a lesson because she does a lot of free diving and we talk a lot about that and about some of the courses as well. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. So it's really inspiring. It will really make you want to, like, do it when we're listening uh, to her we're like wow yeah she nearly had me booking flights to the canary islands yes, to go and yes <laughs> that's the trouble i do get a fear of missing out like someone says oh my god this is so fun and i'm like what's fun i want to try so you told us that you're going to morocco then in a few weeks and you mm. also said that You've got exciting, other exciting places you might kite and surf at. Is that what you said? Because we want to know what's next for you, basically. Yeah, so what's next for me? You know what? I do have a really fluid plan. I'm really bad at being like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> because I'll probably change my mind five times before I get there. Um, again, it's that concentration thing. Um, but actually, you know, we've had some really exciting job opportunities. Um, so... We're actually going to the mountains to um, work for between December to April. So um, we're going to go out to the Alps and, um, yeah, going to be doing some snowboarding and things out there. So it'll be my first time trying snowboarding. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and my first time seeing real snow. So I'm super excited about that because obviously the UK, you just don't really get snow. Um, so I'm so excited to see these massive mountains and all this white snow. Um, so yeah, just sensory overload. I'm really excited. Um, and then um, we're not sure about next summer yet. Like plans are to be confirmed, you know. Um, but we've actually also confirmed a job subject to our medical, which fingers crossed will go okay, um, over in the Turks and Caicos Islands. So that's super exciting. Um, and that would kind of take up, it'll be at least six months that we're out there. So I need to do my free diving before then, because I imagine that would be sure a really cool place there. to free dive. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure you could do it there. Yeah. I'm sure they'd have courses there or, or around. Everything's so expensive over there, though, mm, you know. Like. Okay. He just taking masks, start diving. So. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, I'm going to do it cowboy style. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> YouTube videos, you can learn everything on YouTube. <laughs> I learned to build my van on YouTube. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. So yeah, they're the only two I say only, like, you know, they're amazing. Um so yeah, subject to medicals and visas, because of course now it's really complicated to work in a different country. Um so yeah, subject to all of those going ahead, then that will be that'll be my plans over the next year and a half, really. So very amazing. exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing it all because you must send us photos. Yes. And I'll see it on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Just don't hate me for it, okay, guys? You know, I'm when trying. you're like, I'll you need to send it. us photos. 
and then you send photos and people are like i hate you stop sending me photos and you're like you're giving me mixed messages here guys <laughs> we'll come and find you it's fine yeah exactly yeah bring river out she can keep working on her on her water skills and you can teach yeah. me how to free dive <laughs> yeah well well no because we're rubbish yeah. well we're not rubbish i guess but just cowboys we need to do the course i really want to oops sorry i really want to do the course so okay yeah. well let's all find a course and like yeah. make ourselves less cowboy and you know more legit <laughs> thank you so much for coming on we've we've oh. been over an hour now so yeah thank you so wow. much for you know coming on here to talk to us and to share no, your experience thank you so as much well. for having me i'd yeah. love hearing about that magical wave that you rode Oh, I know. I'll have the GoPro ready to capture it all, you know. And there'll be yeah. many more to come in Morocco soon. Looking forward to seeing some of that. Yeah, definitely. Always good chatting to you guys. I'll see you both soon, right? Yeah. You'll have to come down for that swim. Yes. For definitely. sure. <laughs> Thank you, Zoe. All right. Take care. Cool. See you soon. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode with Zoe. If you want to see more from her, then please check out the description where you will find links to her social pages. If you like the podcast, then please show us some appreciation and leave us a review and rate us. If you want to check out anything else we get up to at time, then please head over to our social channels on Instagram and Facebook, or you can check out our website, tidewatersports.co.uk. Thanks for listening. See you there for the next one. Bye.